Hi, Gary Zacharias with the Apologist Bookshelf. I'd like to do another best of podcast today. I've done best of in the area of science and uh, other areas. I'd like to do one on the Bible itself. So these are some of my favorite books that I have on the Bible. Uh, here's one by Craig Blomberg, B-L-O-M-B-E-R-G, Blomberg. Can we still believe the Bible? And so uh, Blomberg is a, a big name. He's been in the field a long time, writes some really well-done well books. He's got chapters like this. Aren't the copies of the Bible hopelessly corrupt? Wasn't the selection of books for the canon just political? Can we trust any of our translations of the Bible? How about this one? Don't all miracles make the Bible mythical? So he's taking on the, the idea of miracles. So I have read this book and I enjoyed it a lot. I will spend time on one podcast devoted just to this book. But this is one that I would suggest you might really enjoy. Another one, um, probably a little simpler, easier to get through, if that's uh, more interesting to you, is by Jonathan Morrow, who's written a lot of good books. This one is called Questioning the Bible, 11 Major Challenges to the Bible's Authority. So what do we do with the Bible in this time period, is what he's saying here. Can, can we still trust it as the Word of God? Isn't it anti-intellectual? Hasn't the text been corrupted over the centuries? That's a huge one. Uh, that's one of Bart Ehrman's attacks on the Bible, if you know anything about Bart Ehrman. Who chose the books of the Bible? Why did they choose these particular ones? Aren't the Gospels full of contradictions? Sean McDowell says uh, Jonathan Morrow uh, is up to the task of, uh, of defending the Bible. He says it offers insightful and well-researched responses to the top objections. I highly recommend it for individuals and group study. Well, I agree with that. So uh, J.P. Moreland writes a forward to it. He said, uh, in his opinion, there are going to be more and more attacks on the Bible. Well, we're seeing that, aren't we? So he says, this book is timely. He said, it must be given to friends and relatives, especially college students who need to consider the wisdom in his pages. Well, amen to that. College students, uh, well, actually, the whole society is becoming biblically illiterate. And when I teach at school, out of Palomar, um, I'll mention something about the Bible, maybe a character, and I get dead silence, and I'll say, well, does anybody know who Abraham was? What about David? What about Moses? And I might get a hand or two, but that's about it. It's pretty uh, frightening. At one time, people knew the Bible. They might not believe it, but at least they knew what was in it. So this book is good. Questioning the Bible, very simple, very easy to read. Uh, things like, how do we know what the earliest Christians believed? Is the Bible unscientific? Is it sexist, racist, homophobic, genocidal? So that's one you might want to consider. Jonathan Morrow's book, Questioning the Bible. Then there are two good books. I'm going to get these together here. And they're both called Can We Trust the Gospels? One is by Mark D. Roberts. It's a little bit older book. Um, let see if I can get the date on that. It came out in 2007. Now, it doesn't mean that you, you don't want to read it because it's out of date. Well, there are a couple of areas that another book covers that this one doesn't, but I like this one a lot. Very, very good book. Hugh Hewitt, who's a radio talk show host, he says it's the best effort he's seen ever done by a serious scholar to communicate what these scholars know about the Gospels and why we should trust them. So I'll tell you what I like about this one. This is Mark D. Roberts. Can we trust the Gospels? What I like about it is it's kind of a minimal approach. In other words, 
he doesn't go out on the limb and defend a lot of things that might be more fuzzy and, and difficult to do it. But uh, he takes on things like, can we know what the original gospel manuscript said? Did the evan uh, evangelists really know Jesus personally? When were they written? What sources did they use? What about this oral tra tradition that probably occurred first? Were they passing along oral tradition reliably? So again, this is a very simple book to read, very easy book. Uh, it won't uh, uh, bog you down in tons and tons of details. Pretty short book, under 200 pages, Can We Trust the Gospels, Mark D. Roberts. Well, another one by the same title, Can We Trust the Gospels, is by Peter J. Williams. And this one's a little bit newer. Let me get a date on this one. It came out in 2018. And I'm just going to mention one chapter. And again, I will spend uh, time on this in the future, this book all by itself. He's got one uh, chapter that's called Undesigned Coincidences. Undesigned Coincidences. So I, I'd like you to keep track of that idea. And he said uh, the Gospels, uh, the point of this chapter is that the Gospels, one way they show signs of authenticity is through something called undesigned coincidences. So basically what he's talking about in this chapter is that the writers in the New Testament end up showing some kind of an agreement that's hard to imagine if they sat down all together to fake it, to make a book look authentic. In other words, uh, maybe a forgery of some kind. Now he said the agreement can be very subtle. And so uh, I won't spend the time explaining a lot about it right now, but this chapter represents some new studies that have been going on, oh, let's say over the last five years or so, and he especially spends time referencing Lydia McGrew, Tim McGrew's um, wife, and she has a book that's called Hidden in Plain View, Undesigned Coincidences in the Gospels and Acts, and that came out in 2017. Then you might want to take a look at her book. I don't have that one yet, but uh, this one is good. Can We Trust the Gospels? Peter J. Williams. Here's a heavy hitter who backs it up and says you got to get the book. It's John Lennox. He calls it a masterly presentation of a compelling cumulative case that all of history hangs on Jesus. So those are two books. Can we trust the Gospels? Well, I, I just have to talk about uh, J. Warner Wallace when I'm going to talk about best of. And he always ends up on the list there. His book, Cold Case Christianity came out several years ago and it's become a staple and I like Wallace as a person he's come to our class our apologetics class he's come to our church he's a such a warm person a wonderful individual kind and thoughtful and incredibly hard-working he puts out books right and left uh, he does so many things speaks all over the place his website is unbelievable coldcasechristianity.com You've got to go there. You'll just be impressed with the riches that you're going to find. So he says, you can be a believer because of the evidence, not in spite of it. Rick Warren said, Jim Wallace was an angry atheist for many years. Today, he's one of the most thoughtful and winsome apologists for the gospel I know. Cold Case Christianity is packed with insights to share with skeptics and will give you the confidence to share them. Boy, so true. Um, Exactly right. He was a uh, devout atheist and ended up um, talking to Christians to see what they believed and kind of felt that he had better answers and challenged them and they couldn't come up with enough points to make him change his mind. He thought Christianity was kind of dumb and then he was challenged. I think he went to Rick Warren's church 
and he was challenged to consider the life and teachings of Jesus, that he was a really smart guy. So Wallace said, huh, I guess I should if I'm going to see myself as an intelligent person. So he got a really cheap Bible. <laughs> he said he didn't want to spend much money because he thought it would be pointless. Got a cheap Bible and started reading the Gospels. And now remember, he's a cold case detective. And so he's interviewed eyewitnesses over the years. He said when he read the Gospel accounts, it just hit him between the eyes. He said, this is authentic first-person eyewitness reporting of incidents. And so what's really interesting about the book is that Wallace uses a lot of stories of the cold case work that he was on. And this is titled, again, Cold Case Christianity, subtitled Homicide Detective Investigates the Claims of the Gospels. So many people have recommended this book. Now, you really need to get a hold of it. Now, he talks about things like, um, were the gospel writers present? Were they corroborated? Were they accurate? Were they biased? And so uh, you would, I know you would get a lot out of this book. It's terrific. And it's been around long enough. Who knows? There may be a used copy sitting out there somewhere and you could get a hold of that. But that book is a must. It's wonderful. Something that's a little different, depending if, if you like archaeology or you're wondering about the Bible's reliability, you probably feel pretty confident when it comes to the New Testament. Good heavens, they found uh, the Pilate Stone, they found the bone box of Caiaphas. There have been all these discoveries that seem to indicate the New Testament is on pretty good, solid ground when it comes to uh, archaeology and all. But what about the Old Testament? A lot of people think, well, that's so far back in history, it's probably all just in the dim, distant, murky past, and who knows? Well, there's a book out fairly new book called Unearthing the Bible, and I've done a chapter on that in one of my previous podcasts. The author is Titus Kennedy, K-E-N-N-E-D-Y. And it actually gets to the New Testament as well, but it has 101 archaeological discoveries that back up the Bible. And you will be amazed at the things that we can find in the Old Testament. So um, I won't spend the time on that now. Take a look at the uh, podcast I did in the past. But things about the Jews when they were in Egypt, things about the Jews as they were migrating out, leaving Egypt on the way to uh, their land, coming into their land uh, under the kingship of David and Solomon and Isaiah and all these others. There are all sorts of references, and the book is beautiful. It's got pictures. It's not hard to read. Very interesting book, fascinating book, Unearthing the Bible. All right, I've got two to go. This, let's see, let me take them in this order. It's called How to Read the Bible for All It's Worth. And I did a chapter out of this one for a previous podcast. How to Read the Bible for All It's Worth. Fee and Stewart are the authors, F-E-E and S-T-U-A-R-T. How to Read the Bible for All It's Worth. So, you know, people read the Bible and they just kind of plunge in and they think, well, it's the Bible as if it's one thing. Well, it's not one thing. It's a collection of books. And these books operate under different genres. In other words, different styles, different points that they're trying to make. And they all have different rules. You don't want to read Revelation like you read Genesis. And you don't want to read Genesis like you do Proverbs. You don't want to read Proverbs like you read one of Paul's letters. These are all different genres. And so, for example, chapters on how to read the epistles. Paul's letters follow a format. 
that was popular in his time. We need to know that so we know what's coming up. Old Testament narratives. What are narratives? They're stories. But how do you get the most out of these stories? What about the Gospels? The Gospels are a different style of writing. And uh, they represent a style of history that was popular at the time that have that, that view has changed since 2,000 years ago. And so today, some people criticize the Gospels because they it sounds like there may be some contradictions there, and there aren't. But I'm just telling you, there is a Greco-Roman style of biography that was going on at that time that we need to know about. Parables. How about the parables of Jesus? There's a whole chapter that these two authors, Fee and Stuart, spin letting us understand what a parable was trying to do. Because today we read them and we're not in that culture at that time period and they may go you know, right over our heads. So he spends a, they spend a chapter on the law, the prophets, psalms, wisdom literature, and then revelation. Wow, have fun with that one, huh? I think that's the one I did my previous podcast on. But I use this so much uh, when I was preparing my class out at uh, Palomar College when I was teaching the Bible as literature. And so this is good. How to read the Bible for all it's worth. And this is an updated one. It's been around for quite a while. It sold something like 500,000 copies, so it's a very popular book. Last one. It's a new one. How not to read the Bible. Really? Yeah. Subtitle, Making Sense of the Anti-Women, Anti-Science, Pro-Violence, Pro-Slavery, and Other Crazy-Sounding Parts of Scripture. And the author is Dan Kimball. How not to read the Bible. I love it. It says, For centuries, we used to call the Bible the good book. But you know, as well as I do, what's going on today. A lot of people are saying, well, it's not just wasting your time to read the Bible, but the Bible's bad for you. There's some disturbing things in there. And so he goes through these passages that seem to indicate you're supposed to slaughter people, you're supposed to treat women poorly. All these things that people are throwing at us now as Christians. And so uh, some people on the back here reference this book. It says, A Thoughtful Guide for Reading the Problematic Parts of the Bible. If you're struggling to make moral sense of the Bible, this book is for you. And so several people uh, compliment this book. I would too. I think it's terrific. So it's got things like um, never read a Bible verse. What? We're Christians. Aren't we supposed to read Bible verses? Well, he's talking about something a little different. How about this for a chapter title? Yes, there are unicorns in the Bible. Oh, really? Maybe I shouldn't read it anymore. Well, you need to read the chapter, see what he's talking about there. How about the art of not cherry-picking Bible verses? One chapter is called Making Sense of Shrimp, the Skin of a Dead Pig, and Slavery. And then there's a section on women. Does, is the Bible anti-woman? Uh, what about science in the Bible? What about Christianity claiming all the other religions are wrong? What about violence? Isn't, this, isn't the God we worship supposed to be a God of love? Is he slaughtering Canaanites? So I would recommend this one as well, How Not to Read the Bible. So there you go. I've given you several good books that you might consider in the area of understanding and wrestling with the Bible. Well, thanks so much, and uh, we'll do another podcast soon.